Welcome to the Dawson D Show. Two great mates striving to improve in all areas of their lives. The podcast is designed to empower everyday humans just like us who want to add more joy, energy and happiness into their daily lives. Sharing our real life experiences and everyday struggles, relating to them in a personal way. Expect uncensored stories, plenty of laughs and tips and tricks to inspire you on your own journey. Now, let's go balls deep. We'll soak this in, D, because uh, today will be the last, I guess, official episode here in uh, my land room down here in the lovely Dramana. Now you can give away the location, yeah? This uh, is it, mate. You're moving out next yep, week? so Meg and I are moving out. So, yeah, mate, uh, let's just, let's embrace it. Let's enjoy it. Enjoy the moment. <laughs> it's quite sad. I was telling you this morning, because we've come up now with our normal routine when mm. I come down here on a Friday, and it's, it's, it is sad that... That'll be no longer. No, but you know what? There'll be somewhere else down the line, and uh, we'll create a new routine. We've That's got right. a. We, we went and got our coffee, as everyone would have picked. A couple of games of FIFA. Had a great game just then. That was that was the best game. Of FIFA great draw. But now we jump into what is going to be a probably a pretty deep episode. I would say. You know, we've been talking the last few days about what's what's going to be the next kind of topic, and whilst we're still you know trying to navigate our next couple of guests for the podcast, but what's also going to be a great episode to talk about just between us two, and coming to the end of the year and what a crazy year it's been, empathy is something that we've both taken a, a, a lot out of this year, I'm both reading books on you know empathy and, and kindness and compassion, and today's going to be about that, isn't it, mate? It is, mate. I'll, well, we love this word. We say it a lot, actually, on the podcast, and we've been saying for a while we need to do a podcast on empathy so today's the day mate this is something that i think halfway through this year especially when covid was at its peak was the time i read this book which we'll talk about we've talked about it before but we'll talk about it shortly and anyway if anyone can guess the author's name is hugh yeah so. So, <laughs> but yeah this is a word that i really started focusing on and and we'll talk about some of our experiences shortly but it is actually amazing how much your mindset shifts when you really do try and live in an empathetic way way empathetic way yeah exactly well and you've got a really good like explanation but you know you give that but basically you know you're saying empathy is almost putting yourself in another person's shoes would you say yeah 100% I think see empathy is a word that I've known about for a while but I never really truly understood the definition until I read this book I don't know like it's a word that I I don't know how many people would be that educated with it Mm. do you think because it's more like we all know about kindness we all know gratitude is a word that most people understand yeah sympathy but mm-hmm. empathy is something that uh, like it's not a word that I was that familiar with. Well, go. Why don't you go into I guess what you've got jotted down here? I guess the the definition of empathy and what it is, because people would probably think, you know, it it is the same as compassion. It is the same as kindness. You know, respect, and they all intertwine beautifully together. But empathy in itself is a different in its own way. Well, the definition, dictionary definition, is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. So it's very, very simple. But I just wrote down this as well. So empathy is attempting to feel the perspective and emotions of another person. It's really the key word there is feel. Mm. And then I've put next to it compassion because compassion and empathy is very similar. But compassion is more that desire to help or service somebody where empathy is that feeling. It's yeah. really trying to feel. It's emotional. You're trying to feel and understand what what experience that other person is going through. Exactly. It's, it's really, it's got it's nothing to do with connection. you, is it? It's... Empathy is about empathizing with another human being. Exactly. It's about yeah. feeling what, trying to feel what they're feeling because that can also be, you know, and we'll dive into it pretty deep, but 
that is also one of life's, or well, it's one of my biggest frustrations at times when you see people and they don't understand or, or really look at a certain person's situation and empathize with, you don't really know what that person's going on in exactly. their life. So we, sh- we don't really have the right to judge. I read a quote last night and it was, never judge a man until you've walked, you know, a mile in his yeah. moccasins. Yeah. And I was like, it was worded, you know, not exactly like that, but you know, in that way. And I just thought that's so true. Like, you can't like you don't you don't know what they're going through and that and empathy is basically you know it, that in a sense exactly like it, you know what clicked with me it's like when somebody asks you for advice and you can just give them some throwaway advice like what you would do yeah but it's not when you really try and think of it from that person's perspective what they're going through their situation what the outcome could be but it's how they actually feel mm. rather than just oh, on the surface it's easier just to you know here's the advice just take it go down this path yeah but feeling it is such a different thing. Like that's when it started to click with me. Mm, it's really good. So let's go in, mate. Let's let's start with how were we introduced to it? We got some dot points here. What have you got? For both of us, I think it's it comes down to uh, as children, you you guided and shown and being kind and being respectful and having good manners and and just being nice and and have, yeah. when you're brought up that way, I think empathy can roll off that. And for myself personally, you know, all my life I was brought up to. To be kind and respectful and empathize, you know, I probably didn't like what you said earlier. Empathy is probably something I didn't really understand until the last kind of, you know, couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I've always been a grateful person and always, you know, tried to look at the other person's side of the story and and sympathize and go, you know what, like I don't know what they're feeling, so I don't have the right to to judge. But yeah, empathy, you know, when you're brought up in a, a family that you know, my mum and dad have, have always empathized with any anything that I've gone through in my life, whether that's good and bad, you know, like and actually feeling for me, you know, and we'll, we'll share some of those experiences later. And for me, that's, that's been really special being able to do that. And, and the biggest one for me is listening to others. To me is that's the biggest part of empathy is actually listening and trying to get a real understanding. And I'd like, like what you said, if someone's asking for some advice or vice versa, it's about listening and really intently being present and trying to feel and understand what that person needs and wants and if you can feel that and you do and you do feel that if you're listening intently you know there's nothing more frustrating than watching someone or even I'm I've been that person when I'm not completely engaged because I'm distracted or which is quite often yeah <laughs> let's be honest not staring to the abyss um but at the same time I pick and choose when I want to you know be engaged but but empathy comes from listening and yeah. and really trying to to understand at their level what they need yeah i think that's a really good i think you've worded that actually really really well for me so i feel like i've always sort of subconsciously been quite an empathetic person i think that's just in my nature but since reading the resilience project again we we've recommended it many times but uh, when did the book come out was it this year or about like, a year ago yeah a year ago so yeah. it's still quite a if you haven't read it get yourself a copy because it does change your perspective so since reading that i really made a a conscious effort to actually try and be empathetic mm. and since shifting my mindset in that kind of way i actually started feeling a lot more sadness for people mm. and people that i don't even know and this is and some people say that's a strange thing so i'd be driving and i'd see someone that looks upset or they look somewhat of maybe an outcast of society or something and i'd really just have this strong feeling for them mm. and, and i don't quite know where it comes from but i just used to feel sorry i, I do feel very very sad um, I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it's a strange mindset because you can't get out of it. Yeah. And I remember I was talking to somebody and they said something really interesting and this is where it, I think 
people get a better understanding here. So we talked about our body image challenges for a long time. We were both quite overweight kids. Mm. And we probably said the throwaway line a lot, I wish I was skinny. And somebody was explaining it to me the other day where they were always a very skinny child. And they said, I used to hate it when I heard somebody say, I wish I was skinny because that was there. Well, that was that, that was what they were self-conscious, self-conscious about. about. Exactly right. So that actually hurt them. So just throwing away, I wish I was skinny is not taking into consideration how that person actually feels yeah. when they wish they could put on muscle or mm. be bigger or that kind of thing. So that was like a real, that sort of really clicked with me because to think that that could actually hurt somebody. But when you put yourself in that position where you're really feeling that person's yeah. emotion, it's a really, it's it, your mindset just completely shifts. Yeah, I totally, what you just said about feeling on other people and I know my, my, like my family are very similar. I know my sisters are, you know, they can if they're listening to this they will definitely get it and understand whenever i go into whether i'm walking down the street it's a lot in aldi i know a lot of the time because my grandparents both shopped at aldi and they you know they got their um fortnightly what what would you call it um centrelink money probably you know retirement money pension pension that's the word pension and and you know they would go to aldi and get their shop and and I remember going with them a couple of times when I was younger and like Pot would just talk to everyone and yeah. it was their outing. Like, yeah, yeah. And now when I go out, if I'm at Audi or if I'm just down the street, even seeing an old couple in the car, like I just really empathize and feel sad. Like well, one, because it reminds me of my grandparents. Yep. But two, like just seeing them walk around and knowing that this is probably the best part of their day doing this, you exactly. know, and I just, I empathize with them and beauty, in a beautiful way as well, like to get good on them, like, exactly, but yeah, yeah you, you feel and understand, well, you try to feel and understand what they're going through. Exactly. I think it's, it's funny because it's also the other, the flip side of empathy too is we talked about some of the sort of sad things, but it's also feeling happy for somebody. That's something I think in society we really struggle with. Mm. So I have this, big sort of thing about uh, tall poppy syndrome it's called where you know in australia we're very good at i use a sporting analogy when there's an underdog we ride that person we love it until they hit that peak yeah and then we just all come crashing down like as a as a whole of society and we we wait for the flaws and everyone just jumps off and wants them to fail we're so bad it's just such a strange Mm. dynamic but we seem to have this issue with actually appreciating people that are successful. And yeah. I don't know where... Acknowledging their success. Yeah. It's like that envy, which is... I wrote a bit later on, you know, trying to replace envy with empathy. Mm. So, that's sort of the flip side too. That's a massive... That's awesome, mate. I love that. Yeah, really but, do. Like, and, and this is the thing. So, since reading that book, I really made a conscious effort to be careful with my words. How yeah. I speak and still. So, you know when someone has a go at you mm. and you feel like you're you're not in the wrong. Your natural reaction is that you want well, sorry, your natural your instinct. Yeah, instinct is that you want to react. Yeah. And you want to have a go back and you've got things that you could easily say that would put them down. But it could tear that relationship completely in half. Not just a relationship, but it could actually ruin somebody even if it's if it's somebody you don't care about and you don't see yourself seeing often or even ever once you leave, say, a workplace or a or a school, whatever it may be. You know how words just stick with you forever? Mm. This is something that, like, I can still remember words that have stuck with me throughout my childhood or my teenage years, throwaway lines. You just don't forget it. And I never want to be that person that somebody has replaying in their mind. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I sort of tried to get an understanding. When people, like, when people would say something negative to me, trying to understand their point of view, why they feel that way. And if you think deeper about it you can sort of see their situation and why they feel that certain way Mm. it's just a reflection normally on their own life and their situation 
and I've I've felt that like you you explaining that's taken me back to you know times when I you know words were put my way that were probably uh not like to me they were upsetting and they made me upset and angry and frustrated and and not very nice like bullied you know yeah Bu- you know when I was younger and even at earlier workplaces you know there's one that sticks in my mind which involves the footy and i've got that mm-hmm. down later but you know it just sticks in my mind and he probably that person wouldn't think that what they was worded it, at that yeah. time you know it's 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 on instinct it's on just pure raw you know reaction and energy but we do have that ability to all right look what's in front of me there's a per another person in front of me that has feelings has emotions i need to empathize with him right now because i don't know actually like yeah, what's going on in their life? What's going on in their life? Unfortunately, that doesn't happen all the time. And you do. You have the urge to want to bite back. Exactly, because it feels good. Yeah, and, and you know, a bit of pride sticking up for yourself. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, yeah, you got to, like, if you are thinking long term, like, which we are, you, you want to leave a legacy and you just don't know, you know, what, what one word can do for oh, that. Oh, it's so true. Like, how, how one sentence, one word, one line can literally destroy people's. Mm. And like you hear stories about lives being destroyed if they're already emotionally not in a great space, how that can just, you know, set a, a downward spiral. Just one other point I wanted to make, and it's and this is people probably almost laugh at this. And so right after I finished reading that book, The Resilience Project, like I said, it was the middle of lockdown, had a bunch of books in, and one of our favorite singers, Dos, is uh, Robbie Williams. Yeah. And I had I had his one of his books sitting there, and I thought I'm going to read this book, and it was a. The book was basically based on the fact that a journalist lived with him for 18 months at the height of his popularity and his touring and everything that was going on. He was absolute megastar, like so famous, had everything he wanted or could want. And it just talks in the book about how depressed he was, even though he had million dollar properties, all these women throwing themselves at him, money, money coming in, albums at the top, albums, uh, songs hit after hit all these celebrities wanting to be his friend, whatever he wanted a drop of a hat. But he, his real desire was that he always felt so lonely, and even though he had all these people around him. And it's a lot of people at the time, especially in newspapers, would be writing horrible things about him, having a go at him, having all these you know, issues with him. But we forget because he's a celebrity and he's successful, how that is still a person, just similar, exactly the same to you and I. Mm. Still have feelings, still has down moments, extremely depressed. And when you, like I was reading that book and I was feeling depressed. I was feeling upset when it's supposed to be like how good, what a great lifestyle. But, you know, that's really zeroing in on empathy. Bloody oath. I want you to jump in to start us off with, I guess, what, it, it is hard to imagine. It's scary to mm-hmm. imagine like yeah. what, what the world would be like if, you know, if there, if there was no empathy in it. Exactly. Like it would it'd be a very dark and scary place and, and, and also to remember too, imagine what it would be like if everyone empathized. Well, that's what these are more my points here. Is, you know, is, if everyone empathized, imagine how good the world would be. Well, you, that's the thing. So the first, well, one of the first points I have here is if we replaced envy with empathy. So when people are successful, instead of what do they have that I don't have, and how can I tear them down, and how can I make them feel bad to make myself feel better, actually empathizing with them, and they still have problems and situations and and issues and demons and all that kind of stuff but i just feel we'd be less polarized because we'd just be more caring for each other mm. I, I you'd see and with care I, i'd just see so much less depression and less anxiety and worry yeah to me a lot of us lack empathy just with general social media you know I, I, you, we follow people that 
that don't necessarily have empathy. It's it's very self-absorbed and it's about me and only me. You see something pop up and it's not it's not directed at any particular individual, but plenty of people take offense. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's fine. We're talking, and I'm sure you won't mind, we're talking with uh, Chris, who we interviewed a couple of episodes ago when the mics were off afterwards. We we're just talking about social media and for someone like him who is so knowledgeable in his field of health and fitness... So he said that his social media has got all these like high level influencers on there that are in that industry, and when you if that's what you're seeing all day, so a lot of people like to follow people they would like to be like, and I think when you're seeing success all day every day, people that's where that envy really comes in. Mm. Again, like tall poppy syndrome. How can we bring that person down? Trying to find little things that they could be yeah. self conscious about, and even having empathy for. I was going to say, even just the people that are close to you. A lot of us, we're, we're in such a rush, yeah. like, like we've spoken about a lot. And it can be hard to, because we're in such a rush and we're on autopilot and, you know, we, yes, we are being nice and we are being respectful and doing all the right things. Yep. A, a lot of the time, we're not truly empathizing and ta- and being present in many, I guess, experiences with, yeah. with those ones that we really, really love. And it's amazing, even I've learned, more recent times having more empathy with those people that i love with my family and that is mainly because of this year and the struggles that we've all had but you know us in particular how much closer you feel with someone when you are showing them empathy you know and um and even receiving empathy back like and we'll touch on that but when when i've received empathy you know i feel happier that's a really good point you know i feel better i feel i feel if when i'm given empathy i then feel like i can then go on and and be empathizing more purely with others exactly it's a bit of a snowball effect yeah Um, you just want to pass it on i think truly too i'm actually quite positive in terms of the world i don't think as a whole we tend to be very negative and think the world's a horrible place but i'm not actually of that opinion i think when you step outside and you go into the community you actually do see a lot of empathy displayed bloody oath one thing i wrote down here is social media so one of my favorite podcasts joe rogan he talks about it a lot and since this whole boom of social media in the last 10 years, especially a platform like Twitter. So with Twitter, you can release your thoughts with absolutely no consequence and you can directly tweet people, celebrities, yeah. anybody you I'm want. I'm directly at anyone. It's all, yeah, it's like the same as almost them being in there making breakfast and somebody walking past their kitchen window and just yelling yeah. something. Yeah, going, your shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then walking off and, and that's it and they don't receive anything back and as soon as there's a bite back, there's backlash and they, you know, the person that retaliates gets into trouble. And I think social media has really caused a big, in a negative way, this sort of lack of empathy because we have lost the ability to debate now. When when people disagree, it's always arguing and it's not listening to each other's points. It's just trying to get your point out mm. as quick as you can, shout it out, get it out of your mouth and, and not give a shit or listen or try yeah. and understand that other person's perspective. Yep. I think I've tried to do this more too is when I disagree with something, I've actually tried to go and research the opposition's point of view to try and get a better understanding of what's, mm. why they feel so strongly about that. And even if I still disagree at the end, at least you get a perspective, okay, now I understand why people believe in this system or this this um, argument or whatever it may be. And I think that just gives you a better, an easier way to actually talk to somebody, understand somebody, and hopefully they'll understand your point of view straight back. I love that and that I kind of come back to listening. You saying that just reminded me of like when you have a conversation with someone and everyone listening can relate, right? Being someone who's emotionally invested in my relationships, 
and meeting new people. So, if I'm in a conversation with someone and it's one way, it's only me asking questions. Yeah, yep. Or if they do ask a question back to me and I answer it with my honest answer or whatever we're talking about and they jump straight in yeah. to talking over the top, talking over the top yeah. about how they, oh yeah, that happened to me. Or yeah. There's, that, that, is, that is one of my biggest pet, like I really, really hate it. And that, and that lacks so much empathy is when you like to me, you like I looked it up last night. Plus, just set up, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've just set up. I'm, I'm quite pumped up about this, but cultivating curiosity with your friends mm-hmm. or your family or whoever it is, with strangers. When you're asking questions and you're trying to really find out, you know, more information about someone, finding about finding out about what they're passionate about. We talk, or we've, I think we've mentioned, like there's something that we love about deep conversation, and there's. You know, that, that, that's something I love talking about with people. Like, just stuff that's... Brush the small talk, piss that off. Like, I want to talk about real shit. Mm. Um, and when you do have that, comes, you know, you're listening to someone's answer like you're saying. Like, someone's point of view is their point of view. We should be able... We should be listening mature to enough, them. Yeah. And mature enough to actually take it on board. Even with religious beliefs, right? Absolutely. Like, for example, yeah, if you're an atheist, great. But... Why don't you go and sit in a church for three weeks, like three Sundays in a row, and just get an understanding of what it's like and why people and feel why that people way. feel that way and why they love? Yes, they do believe in a God, but the whole experience might be therapeutic. It might be mindful. It, it's it's not just about believing in something that might be fake. It's a, it's an experience that is calming to them. Exactly. So go. Don't be so quick to tear someone else's building down when you haven't even actually gone up and looked you know, inside the building and know what it's like. 100%. I you know? couldn't agree more. That's such a good point. And I think too, if you are religious, is trying to understand other people's religions too and their mm. beliefs and why they feel that way. Yeah. Like, I, think that's, I, I think that's such a mature attitude and that's what I was saying with social media. We just seem to have lost that ability now because we can just say, for instance, there is a God or there isn't a God and that's it. We don't need to get any backlash or we can just turn it off or mm. block people's responses and we feel better for ourselves and we feel smart. And and on that too, like we're restricting ourselves by having that one belief. Yep. We're restricting ourselves for what could possibly be an even better life if we're actually open exactly. to discovering what else is out there. That, that, again, I would say it again, Joe Rogan, what he's been saying a lot lately is I don't want to be and I refuse to be married to my own beliefs. Mm. and that's in everything and I actually want to be that way too I want to be mm. open to things and, and I don't want to say okay I believe in this so I'll never ever change my beliefs yep. I'm not talking from a religious point of view I'm just talking just life just yeah. life yeah. yeah opinions I want to be able to somebody mm. to explain why they believe the opposite and maybe I'll change my mind I'm happy to put my hand up and say okay that's what I used to believe in but now I've changed because I understand that this is a better mm. system or that's a better argument it's funny what you said with the listening thing so you've got the book how to win friends and influence people yeah i've got it too which i, I haven't read and i haven't read it either yet because i literally just came in the mail but and i was reading just some of the dot points on the back and that book's very old it's nearly 100 years old it's now. like 1936 or something yeah 1936 so it's a, it's a sales technique that people use and it's very very effective even to this day is understanding if you're a salesperson and you're meeting people that you may be doing business with or you may be connecting with or working together is finding out their wife's name or husband's name, their children's names, their pet's names, what they actually like doing. And I know a lot of people that actually carry around notebooks and write, okay, I met I met Wade today. His partner's name is Meg. His mum's name's Leanne. He's got Taylor and Camille, his sisters. And 
just trying to find like one dot point about it and then even if it takes six months later he, yeah he reads that book again or he or she reads that book again it goes okay today I'm meeting with Wade and going oh how is your mum Leanne Wade like last time you said she was starting this new job and then you go holy shit he remembered he cares about me and you just feel that connection that's a yeah. sales technique by the way so I'm not saying that like that <laughs> people may say that sounds very fake but it, it's very what I'm saying is that listening ability is so powerful mm. I'll, when you said like, I just love that yeah. I love it because like yourself it just relates with what we've been taught you know exactly. from a young age you know we've talked about it a lot but both our dads being businessmen and entrepreneurs and whatnot. like my dad was one of those people literally like he'd finish a meeting in his diary it would be jotted down and then when I actually went into the business a couple of years ago to work in it I'm on the old you know hard drive of the business and I've, there's a folder and i've clicked on the folder and the folder actually it had a document with every member well every you know member the the ceo of each company that was a client of the, the business so every client the ceo there was a picture his name his wife's name his kids names what footy team you go for yeah that's so good. and then like that was the whole document and i was and like dad would you know obviously finish the meeting jot in his notes get one of the girls in the office, hey, here's some notes. Can you put it in a document for me? That's great. Like, That's really but good. It's, it's, you're spot on. Even though it is a sales technique, it's also, it's about showing people that you care about them and you do empathize with them. Like, Absolutely. It, yeah. Yes, it's a sales technique. I understand that. But if I'm to meet a new, fr- if I'm to go out tonight, it's Friday, get on the beers <laughs> um, and I'll meet someone, right? I want to because that's, it's one of the values I hold within myself. I want to try to remember what we spoke about. Yeah. For when yep. next time I bump into him, I know that he barracks for Richmond. Yeah. Because it might be another conversation. Like I, I get what you mean. You it, know, it's very powerful. Like just, and there's nothing like, you know, it probably is a bit self-absorbed, but when you do remember, and because I pride myself on that, and I have been told, when you get told, gee, mate, you got a good memory. Yeah. How do you remember that? Oh, just, and Josh doesn't have a good memory. No, I don't. <laughs> But I, <laughs> it can be good when it wants to be good. But when you do get told that, like, yeah, it, that's when your work gets appreciated. Absolutely. And which is empathy. It's a nice feeling. Sorry, I, mate, I just, I've just rambled. No, so. no, no. But I just want to quickly back that up with something I was going to put in the notes. I didn't. Because I was thinking of some of the most empathetic people I met. And Dickie, uh, Doss's dad, was one of those people that came to mind. So I remember this. And this is appreciation, appreciation for him. And this is showing that it's not just a sales technique to do business when dickie was passing away in the last few weeks even when i'd come over and visit visit dice and the family dickie still asked about me and what was going on in my life and mm. what was happening and i think at the time um we were about to go overseas so he's asking how's that coming along what's this going on I want to talk footy talk about the saints talk about this and the other that's empathy like he's mm. in a situation that's literally it's a life-threatening situation yeah and he still has that deep care and remembers remembering for somebody else. He obviously did not have notes of what's going on in my life, but just yeah, he might have had a little notebook on the <laughs> he's side. Got, he's got it on his uh, phone. Back for St Kilda, <laughs> is that right, Wade? Yep. Um, but he's he always had that deep care and empathy mm. for, and I just found that I think that's so powerful. And one of the things, again, sorry about referring to this book so many times, but in the Resilience Project, is it just shows the people that have less are the most empathetic. Hundred percent. I don't want to throw people under the bus that I know that are in tough situations but I can tell you that a lot of people that Mm. are in the toughest situations situations that I'm not sure how I'd go being 
in that position, they are more empathetic than people that are going well at the moment, if that makes sense. Definitely. All right, mate. So let's move in now. They are, they are nearly emotional, mate. So Doss is, Doss is getting quite emotional. Uh, it's a, it's a, we're actually wiggling around a yeah, lot. We are. Like, like we're both like sitting up and laying back. We're trying yeah. to be nice and relaxed, but we're very passionate about this. I think it's a good way to end the year. And the one day we chose not to put the camera on uh, yeah, is the one we, day we, we're yeah, moving around. We've got around. content for days. Uh, <laughs> so, mate, we've got the next point here. When have you witnessed empathy? When is a time in your life where somebody has been empathetic to you? Yeah, it, it's an awesome question. And I was looking forward to kind of breaking down a few experiences that I've been through, you know, when it comes to empathy and and and, and when it's come to not being empathized to towards, you know, like when I've when someone has maybe done what I would think the expectation is, you know, like both being brought up in that family expectation is to have empathy for other people. Mm-hmm. And when you're in a situation where you would expect one to do that back to you and you don't get it, it could be disappointing and disheartening. Like, oh, there's nothing worse. I used to hate that. And I still, you know, but at the same time, it's unrealistic. Not everyone's the same. Exactly. So, one of my biggest ones was, and this is like a balance, right? So, uh, I've mentioned before that I worked at Casey Footy Club in the VFL for quite a few years. And there was a coach at the time, and I won't mention his name, but... I just didn't like him. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He had no. He never. He, he never introduced himself to me. Like from the. So he was there for a couple of years, and from the coach that we had previously, who I got along with so well, this new coach came in, just very arrogant about himself, and only it was cared about the players. Only, and only cared about you know the coach. It was almost like the big boys. You're only a kid, mate. So don't like. I don't want to know you. Yeah. You know which, each to their own. Doesn't see value. Nah. Looked at me as, you know, just the work experience kid, which I wasn't, you know, I was mm-hmm. employed by the club. And I had a couple of situations where he just, you know, he he, he bullied me, like, mm-hmm. and it really hurt me a couple of times. He was he finished up his tenure there after two years. A new coach came in, right? First night, like very first night. And he's, he's now coaching the AFL, this new coach, but came straight up to me, shook my hand, introduced himself to me, said i've heard so much about you wade wow like i've heard what you've done you know the footy managers told me you've been here for three years what you've done and i want you to be i want you to help me i want you to do this that's so powerful off one meet like off one interaction and you would have probably been intimidated i nearly, I nearly quit like after that like after that and then that second coach because i i don't know if i mentioned the last podcast but i got embarrassed that i got absolutely you did at the best and fairest yeah. And that was the last, my last kind of time I was there. And that day when you were waiting to meet the new coach based on the former coach, the yeah. experience you went through, I've, you, I've, were you nervous? I was shitting myself. Yeah. Because I thought, oh, I wonder if it's going to be another crap coach. Yeah. Another. It's, it's amazing. You hear about that a lot in sport. The, the really successful coaches. That, okay, so I'll throw a couple people under the bus. So Pippi, my sister, she works in um, she works at a high-level restaurant in... in in Brighton. Oh, oh Dee's going to name drop. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Hi, anyway, I won't say the name of the restaurant, but there's a lot of famous people walk through the doors and Pippi's not the biggest fan of football. So there's a couple of very high level coaches in the AFL, very high level, the top of the top that uh, like to go there quite regularly. And once Pippi tells me these stories, it's no wonder they're so successful because footy is a relationship business, I believe, anyway. Definitely. And she didn't know who these coaches were because... She doesn't really follow it, but she got told afterwards. And they, when she goes and serves them, serves them water, serves them drinks, brings their food over, every time they're so... Polite. Yeah, but they really appreciate what she's doing, which is 
just taking an order and bringing over food and whatever it may be and complimenting her and actually asking her about what she's doing and how's your day yeah and that's they they don't need to do that because most people don't do that when we go to a restaurant i don't i don't i mean i'll be grateful for the service service, but i'm not going to really ask them what they're doing with their lives and all that kind of stuff what they're passionate about but this is what you know they didn't need to do that Mm. and you just hear about that in high level sport all the time the coaches that really appreciate the whole team behind the scenes from everybody the people that um you know wash the the boots to social media people to actually the players everyone's important not just that first coach you mentioned that players coaches they're the important ones the president and the rest yep everyone everyone's role is important yeah so it's interesting that so i i mean talking about that polarization i remember when i was in hospital i've talked about a few times i've been in hospital i was in hospital for in and out quite a lot with my stomach for a while and there's always two types of nurses and there's always, and most people that's ever been... Well, if anyone listened last week, uh, Daniel did, or D did explain the story of the laxatives. Uh, yeah. He consumed, he consumed triple the um, recommended... Uh, <laughs> dosage. Dosage. And uh, he ended up in hospital. Yeah. Well, there was other reasons I've been in hospital too, apart from that incident, but that is true. Um, but ST- there's STDs. always two types of... Ah, uh, thank you, Dice. That's not true. That is not true. I'm going to put that out <laughs> Sorry. there. That's not... You can beat that out. That's, no, but I just want to say it's not true. Uh, <laughs> so there's two types of nurses. There's always the empathetic kind. I always find this. Is, and they're the ones that actually almost feel your pain. So mm. those stomach... That's a word I've broken nearly every bone in my body. But this, that stomach pain was the worst pain I've been in. And they really just care. They almost feel that. I remember one of them saying to me once, I can feel your, I can see and feel your pain. And she just wanted to help. Like, what can I get you? What can I do? Is this, are you feeling better? Checking in on me. And then there's another type of nurse that comes in and just like, take this, goes yeah. away. Here's your, here's your meds. Yeah. Like, is it getting better? No. Okay. Well, I'll come and check in with you now. Whatever. Mm. They just, and I understand, and here's empathy again. A lot of them, what they'll say is that they don't want to get attached to their patients, especially elderly patients, because mm. it's going to hurt them if they lose them or something happens or it gets worse. It's a really good. Oh, it's, and there is, like, oh, it's such a good point you make because that just reminds me of, like, being in hospital with dad. Yeah. And you do. You get the good ones and, you, and the bad ones. Yeah. Even the very first, I remember doctor came in. It was just like, tick all the boxes. Just yeah. come in almost. Ask him all these questions. There was no empathy behind... No, his situation. Gee, this, this man's in pain. Yeah. His situation. His um, family's upset. Yeah, and it's... Yeah, I, I also, like you said, I I understand where they're coming from. They don't want to create that, but it, it's amazing the nurses say, oh, I, I really have so much so much respect for a nurse. Abs- oh, man, um, absolutely. And, and being in a hospital, you know, in that situation, seeing how hard they work, and those that do empathise, like... It's, yeah, it's a very giving, giving job. 100%, mate, 100%. I think, and, and the ones that come in and like your, your friends or your family visiting you and they like want to give them coffee or treats. Yeah. Like those, that's just like, I don't know, like it's just... Or, you know, or you, they might introduce, like <laughs> Meg, her granddad's in hospital at the moment and um, he's okay, but, you know, he's joking around with the nurses. Yeah. You know, and like create a relationship with them, you know, and they're... Because they are, they're, they're good people. Absolutely. Oh, 100% they're good people, 100%. But it's interesting that polarization between the real stern ones and the real empathetic ones. Um, I, I also, another one for me, obviously my parents showed, me, showed us empathy, we've said that. But even like with mental health, for example, in my eyes, and, and this is my opinion, anxiety and depression, and it is a very touchy subject, but from my personal experience with anxiety, mm-hmm. it gets... 
it almost a blanket gets just thrown over anxiety and it's yeah. it's it, anxiety is one thing mm-hmm. every every bit of every different like oh you got anxiety everyone's got anxiety like or, oh everyone everyone yeah. gets anxious or everyone experiences the same yeah everyone experiences yeah. anxiety like that and that's what gets said and i i know everyone does but i think i've mentioned on the podcast anxiety and stress are very different when you tell someone oh you know oh, Archie, i'm struggling with some anxiety at the moment and they just they go oh yeah I, I get anxious a lot too yeah yep but i'm like but you don't like and i end up not going into details because mine is different like mm-hmm. everyone's out like everyone else's but mine is very different and yeah that frustrates me to the but then you know on the anxiety tip like you know i'm going to see my psychologist today this afternoon when i rang that psych a while back to book i'd never like i hadn't seen a psych before my doctor recommended one to me. Mate, I postponed it for months because I was just so scared to ring up. Mm. Didn't know, like, scared if I'm going to have get the right psych. Like, who's, oh, there won't be a right psych for me. How do I find the right one? Yeah. Who do, how do I find the right one that I feel comfortable around? And then I rang this, I shitting myself. I rang him up and I nearly hung up. And I just kept postponing it. And I rang him, did it. She was so beautiful on the phone. Her name, um, oh, I won't say her name. She was so nice. And, but she just empathized with me. And mm. like understood everything I was saying and she helped me. She went through a bunch of different people at, at that organization that she thought could fit well me, fit me well. And she just empathized with what I was going through. Like she wanted to know a bit about like kind of what I've struggled with so she could help. And, and then I went in for my first appointment and she was there. And like so great. she didn't remember me because they always get so many calls. Yeah. But she was just so lovely. And yeah, when you're in a, a struggling situation or if you see someone struggling... Or you might know someone that might be struggling, whether it's meant like if it's mental health or if it's something going on in someone's life. Just by sitting down, having a conversation, ringing them up, and mm. just asking them. Like I know we talk a lot about, are you okay? Mm. Like to, you know, that's a bit of a. It's it's beautiful to ask someone, are you? But let's genuinely like rather than just a text, are you okay? Like how about ringing your mate next week and have a f- half an hour conversation yeah. with them, and genuinely ask intently, like what's going on. Like, how you going? Rather than just a, oh, it's are you okay day? I better message, are you okay? Mm. You know what I mean? I, I 100%. I think that's such a great point. I think this is, you just touched on a very, very important point because people that are struggling with mental health problems, they don't expect you to fix the issue. You can't say, that we all know this, if, you, if you're anxious to say, don't worry or don't stress, that's not, it's of not course, the right not going to fix say. it. No. A lot of the time, and I, well, I'll talk from my personal experience, but I'm feeling that way. I, and I'm trying to express how I feel to somebody, I'm not expecting them to s- give me a solution and fix that issue right there and then and I'm going to feel perfect. But all you're looking for is just some empathy, just some understanding so they understand how I feel or mm-hmm. vice versa. I'm, I truly understand why they're feeling anxious. Even if I think, well, I don't get... I, would nev- I personally wouldn't get anxious about that situation because that's not in my nature. But trying to really feel and understand how they feel mm-hmm. so you can... Just be there, be supportive, and like you said, listen. It's so important, and that's different to try and it's it, you know just giving some advice or you should do this. It's not going to actually help. They're just looking for that compassion and empathy. Well, do you have a do you have a couple of others yourself, mate? When you've received empathy, and like you said, so my parents and my sisters have, and my family have all been extremely empathetic. Um, I won't go into detail, but there's times where I've done the wrong thing, I've got into trouble, and instead of being screamed at or told off or you shouldn't have done that. It's it's empathizing about why I made that decision or mm. did that thing. So I just want to quickly shout out my family. But one experience that I remember of really feeling empathetic, uh, empathy towards me 
uh, so we went through a very tough situation through our family where it looked like we we're going to lose my dad. Um, at the time, I was the owner of the house, so the mortgage was in my name. I was paying a mortgage, but dad was living there too, so we were actually basically paying halves, and he fell ill and was had no income because he was so sick. And banks are very funny. When you have a mortgage, as soon as you start, if you miss the payment, you start getting text messages, you get calls, but often you get electronic voices on the phone so they're not even a real person it's just you owe like a robot two thousand five hundred whatever it is dollars pay now type of thing and then every, like you're getting it constantly and you think okay the banks there's there's no empathy they don't care i'm only one i've never missed a payment i'm only one day late and i'm having all this going on in my life at the time we're trying now i'm trying to sell the house and everything like that and I rang the bank and all I wanted to do was talk to a person because they try and put you through robots first and they try and just get you to pay over the phone, like get your credit card out and mm. pay us and then we're done. And eventually you can finally, after waiting forever, you can actually talk to somebody and when you finally talk to somebody, so I remember finally getting a guy on the end of the phone, he sounded pretty young, obviously I got no idea, but he sounded like a young kind of a guy and I just explained my situation. I said, look, I'm not trying to make excuses, but this is a situation. I don't have the money for the mortgage this month. If you look at our history, we've always been early. We've never missed a payment, blah, blah, blah. And because these text messages and phone calls are quite threatening that you get. But when you talk to him and explain it, then he like, he actually, you could hear in his voice the empathy of understanding this is a person that's in a tough situation right now. The messages just add to your anxiety and stress that you're getting. So he said, first thing I'm going to do is cut off those messages. So you're not going to get any more of them. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to give you, I think he like gave, he said, look, with two months, if we store this for two months, will that help you through? I said, look, look, that'd be amazing. And part of it's pride. You don't want to ring up and say, I need help. But he was able to do that. And then he was able, and then work out a plan to catch up, which we, in the end, we did uh, before we sold. In person or? Sorry, catch up payments. Oh, yeah. But that was, I just remember feeling, and you get off the phone and you're just like smiling, but you feel, you almost feel, I really want to work hard and get this paid off just to, and please that bloke that has to no say idea. thank you yeah, yeah and he's never gonna probably talk to me again he's on to the next call yeah exactly but that but, was but that was instead of just wow. saying okay mate no you just gotta pay it or here's a payment plan it was actually listening to the situation i wasn't trying i hate i wasn't being playing victim because i hate that but i just explained and when you hear that response back it was just to me i just i'll never forget that wow yeah shit that's yeah so it's a fucking big thing, mate. Yeah, like, so that's that's a thing. Like that's one time I remember, I remember actually having that back to me. But how about you tell us, mate, about a time where you've displayed empathy to another person? I try my best to to empathise with other people, but I'm an everyday human, just like mm-hmm. everyone. So you get caught up at times and and in your own little bubble or world, mm-hmm. and you can forget. Yeah, um, of course. Absolutely. Like this morning, oh, we were waiting for our coffee, and yes, oh, yeah. I was impatient. <laughs> Dust said to me, "Gee, I'm impatient." <laughs> <laughs> and then you got impatient on the road driving home as well. So I, I should have empathised more with the staff and it was a busy... Dost, oh, by the way, let me just jump in, mate. You did, it's not like Doss got up and abused anybody. Like, he didn't <laughs> even say a word. No, I didn't. I was just like, I was just Dost frustrated. Was just getting a bit impatient. He I was. To play FIFA. Yeah, I was getting a bit frustrated. Um, but there's... Yeah, I've probably got a couple and I'll just probably reel off some more recent ones because they're the ones on the top of my brain. So new gym that I'm at now, Rio, like it opened, say, at the start of the year. And I've been training for seven or eight years mm-hmm. in the gym. And I was 
a chubby kid that went into the gym and I, I didn't know what to do. Yep. Eight years later, I'm pretty knowledgeable and, you know, changed you know my body. Doing. And yeah. So I've been there and I've been that kid. Well, there was that kid in this gym. I was doing a session at the new gym and there was this kid, literally same as me. He would yep. have been, you know, probably a little bit younger than what I was when I first stepped from the gym. So he might have been, he looked like he was probably 15, 16. Mm-hmm. Little chubby bloke. And I saw him actually with one of the personal trainers at the gym and she's very fit and you know like moving around easy and she's showing him what to do with his program they've given him a program and i'm just watching and then i could tell he was you know a bit self-conscious and a bit unsure and he was looking around if anyone was looking at him like i know how that yeah, felt of course yeah everyone's looking at me so i didn't do anything and then the next week i went like i saw him again but he was on his own doing his own little program and I was on like a, I, I saw him at a bench and I actually purposely went over on the bench next to him and I was just sitting there in my rest time and I just said, hey mate. And he looked at me like, hey, how you going? Like, and then I just introduced myself, you know, I just got talking to him. Yeah. And I was like, I was his first time at the gym and um, he goes, yeah, you know, what what do they got you doing? And he explained to me the program and I was like, so what are your goal? What do you want to do? Like, he said, I want to, you know, get a bit fitter and lose some weight and and they're just asking questions about, so, you know, are you on school holidays now? You get, yeah, what school? It was at EM, like EMC, you know, where I went. Where you went, yeah. At the start. And we had a nice little conversation and then I went off and trained. I got home from the gym that day and I felt so good. Like, Mate, I was, I was like, because I wish I had that, you know. Yeah. I wish, and I did probably here and there, but not to that level. But because I probably didn't have that person come up to me without a worry, like, I just went up to him and I thought, because I know how that kid feels and... I want to let him know that like, mate, don't, I didn't say this, but don't worry. Like yeah, it's all, yeah. it's all going to be all right. Just keep doing what you're doing. No one's watching you. I know you're probably worried, self-conscious about your body. And then another one, yeah, last week at work, like he's an old fella, like a client at the nursery and he must've been coming to collect some plants in his truck. And I'm obviously out in one of the rows and I'm sorting at my bench and he's a real chatterbox. Yeah. And he was with one of the sales reps doing, you know, walking up and down and looking at some plants and he came over to me and he just started yapping and then he must have got distracted and someone else kind of got him for a second. He was looking somewhere else. One of the other sorters looked at me and said, hey, come over here. Like, I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, get away from him. Like, he just doesn't shut up. Like, mm. you know, c- quick, come over here. And I was like, no, mm. I'm going to stay here. And then he came back and I, I just kept talking to him. And yeah, we were talking about something that probably didn't really interest me a whole lot. But I was like... He wanted to talk. I could tell he, he he loved to chat. He may have no one to speak exactly. to. Exactly. And like even when he'd left, oh sorry, sorry he got stuck with Joe, you know. He um he's 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 a he sticks around like a bad smell, you know. And I said, mate, he was fine. Yeah. It's like we just had a bit of a chat. I was like, because it reminded me of my pop. And my pop was exactly that. Mm. He just loved to talk to people. Yeah. And he loved to talk about whatever it was. He'd walk past a stranger and he would have a conversation mm. with him. You know, I had that conversation with him and yeah, probably I didn't get a lot out of that conversation in terms of myself, but he might have got in that truck and went, gee, that young fellow was nice. He listened to me. That's probably one time I had empathy because I probably, I wanted to get out of the conversation, but I actually thought, no, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to stand here and listen yeah. to him, give him the time of day. Yeah. I think that's so powerful, especially that first one because the, the gym example, because, you know, we're talking about before, we've been talking about some moments where it's big displays of empathy and tough situations, but that's just an everyday thing that everybody could do. Mm. And it's such a little thing, but that, like you said, you came home smiling. I bet he, that young kid did the same. Like, it's just so powerful. I don't know why, maybe it's this whole social media thing, but we 
we don't it just seems more and more uncommon mm. to to do those sort of things yeah. uh, that would mean a lot to uh, it would have meant a lot to me when if i yeah. was in that situation or when i first started out so i think i hope people really take a lot away from that mate because that's just such a good example of was there a, everyday is, empathy is there any that you've kind of felt um, or, or or given to to someone else i mean I, I don't know if i've ever talked about what happened but i had a very serious car accident um two or three years ago now so i was driving up a road and there was a green light so i just went through i didn't and some and this guy according to witnesses that saw the accident sped up saw that i was coming knew there was a red light like he there wasn't even amber it was a red light and he thought he sped up to try and beat everybody through the intersection crashed into me crashed into the car behind me t-banger yeah well technically i've kind of hit him but it was that quick that i had no idea what i hit like as soon as it when the impacts came like the airbags go off the smoke goes off i thought i hit a i didn't know what i hit if it was a cyclist or a dog or like because i just saw nothing it was that quick and it turned out upon investigation that it was a the car he didn't own it was an unregistered car i think of his mom's with no insurance he was under the influence of drugs and alcohol at the time right and he could have very easily killed me my car literally saved my life with the protection the, the lady and her daughter in the car behind me there was no they they went to hospital for precautionary reasons but they were fine they no injuries but literally could have killed us all i wasn't i, I never felt anger in that situation ever mm. like and and people my dad was furious people around me were furious everyone on the streets were like we're gonna go get him he actually when the car they tried to run away by the way there was two guys in the car and they tried to run at the scene of the crime and, and this is by just luck there was an undercover not undercover there was an off-duty police officer that would just happen to be grocery shopping that saw it and he actually tackled one of them like <laughs> caught up the guy and tackled him really yeah and kept him because they tried to run away before the police came but you know i never even when the police months and months later come to your door knocking and say we're gonna it's got to go to court can you you know they, he doesn't probably have an assent to his name but we might be able to get you a thousand bucks out of it because you know you, you lose the car and everything i just even to that point i never ever felt any kind of you never felt entitled no i didn't feel i didn't feel like i needed to go and get something off him or i needed that gratification like and i just remember feeling the whole way through that process just mainly gratefulness but mm. empathy even to that guy's situation because despite the fact it's it angers me to the people would drive under the influence of risk other people's lives mm. You, you still don't know what the hell is going on. Like, there's no. obviously an issue, and there's probably a moment that spiraled that person into that into that lifestyle. So, apart from that, mate, I think, like I said earlier, it's it's when people are rude or abrupt to you. Instead of reacting, I've tried lately to make that conscious effort to try and understand why, and mm. not get into arguments, not get into fights, not make myself feel better by hurting somebody's feelings. That's just something I've tried displaying more and more in more recent times. We've um spoken about it before but leaving your ego at the door yes in a situation like that you could have easily got fired up and yeah. and beat the shit out of the blow like <laughs> you wouldn't have but i'm just saying like all it takes is someone in your position to not have the mindset or that way of thinking like you or that perspective and something really really bad could happen but it's funny because i just and this is something i didn't even see is dad was like i said dad was quite fired up because, was he in the car no he drove down um to the situation and there just happened to be a pastor. There was two actually, two pastors of a church. One, one who I'd never met before, just happened to be again shopping in the area because the, the sound of this accident was huge. Was, was this locally? Yeah, locally. Yeah. 
but it was a ma- like the amount of people that came outside like you should like i couldn't hear like the first thing that i i could barely hear when I, when the accident happened and the first thing i did is got out of the car and started just squatting on the side just to make sure my legs were working yeah there was a bit of blood i thought you were gonna say i started squatting because i didn't get to finish my leg work yet <laughs> <laughs> no not quite but i think this pastor of this church said to my dad and had no idea they didn't know each other he just he just said said one comment it was just something like materialistic things can be replaced but lives can't so and i'm paraphrasing mm. i don't remember yeah. exactly what it was but something along those lines and that again that's just reacting in a way of gratefulness and nobody was killed nobody was hurt nobody was injured even the people driving the car were not harmed physically and that's you know instead of that i think i just find that kind of stuff so powerful in the mm. In a moment of conflict, potentially, that people can react in that kind of way. Mm. I think, and I just find that really displays empathy. It is. It does. So, mate, just here at the end, you've got. I don't know about this, and I purposely told you not to not to tell me before we did on air. You've got empathy exercise. So, I'm actually interested what this actually means. Yeah. So, I I've mentioned on the show probably a few, quite a few episodes back, but went over to America last year, mm-hmm. over a year ago, to do a. Uh, like a almost like a, a personal development course let's just say that mm-hmm. in short but it was a lot about consciousness yep and and almost not reestablishing your way of thinking but trying to change your thinking in a more compassionate empathy type of way mm-hmm. and this exercise it's just a little exercise card that they they gave out in the pack that you're there and, and we did it there and, and i'm in a big room like can imagine the crown palladium right mm like a massive big crown palladium full of tables and you're sitting on hundreds of people yeah you've got your table and you're there for nine days straight kind of yeah it was intense wasn't it It was freaking intense and parts of it were scary and a lot of it i didn't like if i can honestly say that Mm. but it helped me like it it did help me yeah so this one exercise which i really enjoyed to do and i just want to read out it's a simple five-step exercise can we do it now or is it not that kind of step so well it involves be, being in public and okay. and finding a stranger. Okay. So if there's if you're in the shops, sitting down at the shops, oh, you're sitting on a park bench at the beach. Let's yep. just say, and you're looking, and there's a, a, an old couple, you know, just sitting on the beach just in front of you, and you can see them just sitting there, and um, you can see their faces, and they're just sitting, you know, on the sand, and and then as you're looking at them, do these five simple steps. So step one. With attention, actually, before I do the steps, so the results, the expected results that you want and you're, and you're trying to achieve here are a personal sense of peace. Mm-hmm. That's what it says on the card. So step one, with attention on the person, repeat to yourself, just like me, this person is seeking some happiness for his or her life. Step two, with attention on the person, repeat to yourself, just like me, this person is trying to avoid suffering in his or her life. Step three, with attention on the person, repeat to yourself, just like me, this person has known sadness, loneliness, and despair. Step four, with attention on the person, repeat to yourself, just like me, this person is seeking to fulfill his or her needs. And step five, lastly, with intention on the person, repeat to yourself, just like me, this person is learning about life. Mm. And... Very powerful. After each step, like you're not just working each step, quick, quick, quick. When you find that person, and do, and you might do it on a few different people in one little mm. experience in public, you know, like if you're in you're Christmas shopping at the moment, you're in the shops, you're sitting down maybe in a food court, picking out someone and go, all right, step one, you know, just like me, this person is seeking some happiness for his or her life. 
mm. and then just looking at them and yeah. just thinking of that and going, you know, they're they're searching for happiness. It's so and it's and, so and and so on and so on with the other steps. But it just really on the card it says a compassion exercise, but it's also empathy exercise because you are you're putting yourself in that person's shoes and trying to understand what oh gee this person is searching for happiness in his or her life exactly. just like I am. So exactly. no matter who it is, like they're trying they want to be happy. Exactly. Exactly. Um, We're all just navigate everybody's navigating their way through life the best they can, the way mm. they see fit. It's it's so powerful. It is really powerful. And I think when you focus on people you don't know, like going back to the very start of this podcast, which I said about feeling sad for people I don't know, even if they might not be sad people, but just trying to be empathetic, like just that feeling of mm. trying to put yourself in somebody else's shoes, especially somebody you don't know. I, I just find it so powerful. E- even again, I would even recommend, even if it's a photo, fo- like if it's a photo, for example, someone that you might have a bit of, a- not anger against, but you might be going through some frustrations with a person. Yeah. And whether it could be a business partner, it could be a girlfriend, a boyfriend, it could be a mate who's mm. done wrong by you. You might be angry at your brother or sister for stealing your chocolate. I don't know. Like, <laughs> and doing it at them, but understanding, like, I don't need to be angry at this person. Like, I just need to let it go. Exactly. Like, empathy is key. And imagine, just imagine, just how much better everything would be if we actually, if we all displayed this. Just yep. going back to that earlier point, just imagine, like, we, we'd still go. have disagreements, we'd still have things we don't, but just a more intelligent and mature way of. Mm. navigating through life you learn so much more you get so much more out of yourself and so much more out of the relationships of the people that you meet yeah and interact with what um am i I normally pretty empathetic to you would you say nine times out of ten (laughs) dos um when's one time dos hasn't been empathetic well dos has this weird thing and not in a weird way but um dos just likes to be a pest sometimes when you're in a bit of a jumpy silly yeah, Mood. and this is not. You no, know, I'm not drunk. I'm. I just am no, a pet. I can so just be. I'm a touchy. Dos likes sometimes to pinch you or to slap you or punch you to grab your ass. Uh, as a male, of course. <laughs> uh, and this weird obsession with. I don't know. It's it's actually a lot better now. But you used to have to cover up your own nipples when you went around Dos because he just grab his mates. This is strange. But he just grab his mates' nipples and give him a titty twister. Yeah, and, and it doesn't tickle. So no, Dos. So when you do that and uh, you've just come off a game, or oh, I've come off a game of football, and my, I've had some uh, nipple chafe. Uh, there's no empathy there, mate. So. <laughs> yeah, the nipples are already stinging. Don't grab them. Don't pinch them. Well, that's just something off the top of my head, mate. But yeah. uh, what do you reckon, mate? Should we leave it there? Yeah, I reckon we leave it there, mate. That was bloody powerful. Yeah, that was intense. Next week's Christmas, and uh, we we we. We might have a little Christmas special. We got a little Christmas special coming up, and we're going to release that. I think on we'll release that on Christmas Day. So, if you're driving somewhere on uh, Christmas morning, we'll make sure it's family friendly then. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, And if you want to just have a bit of a present from Doss and D on Christmas morning, then that's a little surprise coming. So, Christmas special coming up next week.